Netaporte presents. Welcome to Pieces of Me, My Life in Seven Garments, a podcast from Porter. In this series, we hear incredible women tell the stories of their lives through the clothing they wore at defining moments, both big and small. In each episode, a different incredible woman takes us behind the scenes of her extraordinary life and shares seven key pieces that have shaped her past, present, and future. I'm Sarah Bailey. I'm the editor-in-chief of Porter. I'm a journalist obsessed with telling stories of women and the clothes we wear. And I love to ask the all-important question, what were you wearing? Pieces of Me is about celebrating women and the power of fashion. Because clothes are never just clothes. There are meanings and memories woven through them about beauty, power, identity, freedom, sexuality, equality and rebellion. And these are the stories of women's lives. Tracy Ellis Ross is an award-winning actor best known for the boundary-pushing sitcom Blackish, for which she won a Golden Globe for her performance as Dr Rainbow Johnson in 2017, 44 years after her mother won hers for Lady Sings the Blues. She is, of course, the daughter of Motown superstar and dazzling style icon in her own right, Diana Ross. And truly, we could not have chosen a more passionate guest for the first episode of Pieces of Me than Tracy. She knows fashion inside out, informed no doubt by a stint in the fashion industry as a stylist and a model, before starring in the breakout hit series Girlfriends. A brilliant raconteur and a bold advocate for social change, no one owns a red carpet moment quite like Tracy. And few know how to use those moments in the spotlight for raising issues about equality and representation and calling out injustice, quite like her. My name is Tracy Ellis Ross, and these are pieces of me. I don't know when the navy blue velvet dress appeared in the repertoire of our wardrobe as children, but it appears many times in photographs, which is how I'm aware of it. I was really young when I started loving dressing up. And like, there's a picture of me at like four years old or maybe younger in my mom's room (laughs) wearing her high heels and nothing else. I mean, I was, I loved dressing up. I loved um, hiding in my mom's quick change booth and watching her um, change from one gorgeous beaded gown to the next. And so I think that little velvet dress was the beginning of my own wardrobe of dress up and something that was mine. I remember wearing it to the Olympics in Los Angeles in the 80s, I guess it was. I remember wearing it on stage with my mom for a performance that was photographed. And my sister was a gymnast, and so she was doing round-off back handsprings. And I was standing there very shyly on the stage as my sister kind of stands there in this Nadia Comaneci, like, I just won a perfect 10 stance and she's wearing a leotard. And I am like in this lovely velvet 
dress that's sort of cinched at the waist, like a Mary Jane dress and a Mary Jane patent leather shoe. And the collar was velvet, but the edge of the collar had like a scalloped lace around it. That's the way I remember it. But it was one of the early markers for me of dressing appropriately for an occasion uh, and wearing your best in some of the most important moments of life. In 2000, Tracy landed a role in what turned out to be a game-changing TV show. Girlfriends was a really special time in my life. I don't even know if it was ahead of its time. I think it was always a true and honest representation of the world around us and women who are friends and Black women living their lives, loving each other, loving people. But the core of that friendship was what the show was about. We ran for eight years. We did 173 episodes. It is one of the places and spaces where I grew up as an actress. I became seasoned as a TV actress. And it taught me so much about the industry. There was a lot that happened during those times. So we did our first season, and we never knew if we were going to get picked up for another season. Now, at the end of doing our 22 or 23 episodes, we would finish the season And then you would wait to get a pickup notice that would come through your team and your lawyers or whatever. And then you would find out if you were going to come back another year. So I started this tradition that when I finally heard I would get picked up, I would buy myself a gift. And so when I heard I was picked up, there was a Vivian Westwood store in New York, in Soho. And I went there and I had to trace my foot on a piece of paper because a cobbler actually made, I don't know if this still happens, a cobbler would make the boot and then they would send them to me. And I was like, this is amazing because I had to wait even more. So Vivian Westwood is an icon of style, fashion, personal expression, activism, of womanhood, freedom of self. She holds this space that I had followed. I worked in fashion. I was a a stylist and a fashion editor. And the pirate boot, to me, was the pinnacle of translation of all of Vivian Westwood into a practical, wearable life garment. I still wear them, and the toe is all (laughs) messed up, but they signify and mean something extremely special for me, and I felt like I joined the Cool Kids Club. (laughs) From the Cool Kids Club to an invitation to the Obama White House. I had watched Barack Obama when he was a senator at the Democratic National Convention, and I started taking notes. I still have the notes. I was sitting in my living room, and I started taking notes because I thought, oh my goodness, I am watching a man who's apparently in politics, who is speaking in a language that I speak in about my life, my career, and what I believe I want from the world. And I was so intrigued. I had no real relationship to politics. I felt like politics was something that did not have anything to do with me. I didn't understand the story. I felt like every time someone was telling a story about politics, it was starting at the end of the story, and I had no idea who the players were, and I couldn't catch up. And he made me think politics was something that not only had something to do with me, but that I was a part of and that I needed to be a part of in order for our country and the system to work. And so in 2007, my cousin was actually working for Obama as a senator, 
And she reached out and asked if I wanted to campaign. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but yes. And in that process, I met the Obamas. I had been out to South Carolina, all these different places, and there was a fundraiser in Los Angeles, and I happened to go. And I met him for the first time and created a relationship with them because at the time, I was one of the very early supporters of his campaign and his his career and his work. Once he became president, my relationship with them continued, deepened, and to grow. And Mrs. Obama started her mentorship program. The first time I was invited to the White House for her first inaugural mentorship weekend. And it was a very special moment for me for numerous reasons. Obviously, I was being invited to the White House. I was being invited by a woman who already I had great admiration for, an administration that I was in awe of and very pleased to be in the White House. But as the child of somebody who's made such an indelible mark on the world, people often ask, Did you feel like you were in her shadow? And I absolutely never did. I always felt like I was raised in her embrace. However, there is inevitably, as a human being in the human experience, my desire to want to be known for me. And because of my mom's huge mark, there are places and ways that you wonder, is the attention on me just because I'm an extension of someone they love, or is it because... I have my own thing. So the moment that I received an invitation at the end of a relationship I had built with the person and the people that were in the White House, that it was an invitation because of who I was, it was one of those very special moments. And so I remember walking from the hotel that I was staying at across what is probably the safest park in the world. (laughs) I walked to the White House in my gold dress. It was actually a dress that was gifted to me by Michael Kors. It had a weight to it. It was brocade and had gold thread running through it. And it had kind of a Jackie O collar to it. And I thought it felt elegant, chic, strong, purposeful, and respectful. I thought it it sort of ticked all the boxes. And it was one of those moments in my life that I really kind of could feel the air going in my nose. And I was so awake to what I was embarking on as a, a new chapter in my life and in my career. And it was the beginning of a friendship, but a conversation about being Black women that are taking up space in the world that we are still in dialogue about and that I am honored to be having with her. Cut now to 2016 and a history-making Emmy nod for Tracy's work in Blackish. 2016, I was nominated our second season of Blackish for lead actress in a comedy. And it was the first time in 30-some-odd years that a Black woman had been nominated in that category. And in this day and age, I'm sorry we still have so many firsts, and I understand the celebratory nature around them, but they are also an expression of where we are not. And it was a momentous moment for me that although personally was, oh my God, it was so exciting. (laughs) It was like, I mean, the amount of times in my childhood I have, you know, in my growth in my 20s, I had practiced going to the end, like all of, I was just, there was so much fantasy and like, Involved. It was just so exciting. But at the same time, 
What was more important to me was the historical context and the narrative that I would be able to name in that moment. So I had these two things happening at the same time, this personal experience and this historic experience. So the dress I chose was important. And I ended up working with my best friend, who is a fashion editor and had been a stylist, Samira Nasser. I'm like a barnacle on her life. We're going nowhere. The two of us are sort of Tweedledee and Tweedledoo. And she worked with me for this moment, um, which was in and of itself one of the most special things in the world. So we, she, decided that Ralph Lauren, an iconic American designer, would be a really wonderful way to etch me in time and to name that moment as an iconic American moment. And so we created a couture dress with them that was built on me. I made four less than 24-hour trips to New York while shooting. I would go have my fitting and get back on the plane. It was glorious. It was chiffon white. There was pleating everywhere. It was off one shoulder and on one. It sort of draped across the bodice, across my breasts in a way that just felt so elegant and stunning. And then it swept back the other way and like left this little peekaboo of my love handle area slash not my belly button in the most tasteful, elegant, and demure way. And then it sort of cascaded off of my rear. And and then there was like a gentle split that didn't show anything I wouldn't want it to, that space above my knee. And I had these satin glorious shoes that went with it. And I just, it flowed and it was like wearing air and At 44 years old, when I was nominated, it was for me a moment of shifting the story that I was waiting to be chosen and instead choosing myself, my own life, my own dreams, my own experiences, and my own accomplishments. And this dress was like the representation of my own wedding dress as I married my own life loving myself, and this glorious moment that I had gotten to in my career. And I felt like a goddess. And then the win at the Golden Globes and a stirring speech honoring, in her words, people of color and colorful people. And that Zuhair Murad dress that gave me the sweetest little Betty Boop walk I've ever seen. It was just like boop, boop. And yet I felt so strong and powerful is the dress that I won the Golden Globe in for lead actress in a comedy. It felt regal and ornate in all the right ways. It was just like encrusted, beaded, corseted number. What I loved about it is it was constructed but transparent. So it was like the reveal of everything that held it up. You could see it all, which as I talk now is sort of, you know, what that moment was. Like everything you could see who I was in that moment. My hair was back. I didn't wear any earrings. And the dress was sort of my jewelry, other than my rings, of course. And it was... The dress that I wore when I stood on that stage, the same stage that my mother 44 years before had won a Golden Globe, 
It was the first time since Debbie Allen, good 30 some odd years since a black woman had won in that category. And that speech that I gave in that dress is one that named so much that was moving forward for me that I didn't know was ahead. Whenever I'm working on a speech or I have a big moment that's eminent, I often take Instagram off my phone and social media off my phone. I allow myself time to wander, ponder, and be. And that allows things to percolate and emerge that are new ideas and new thoughts that need time. And that's how that Golden Globe speech emerged. It was uh, something that I was wanting to tell myself as I walked into that moment, things that I needed to hear in response to some of my own fears and how I wanted to name that moment. And it was really important to me, as I said, that it wasn't just my moment. It didn't feel like it. I felt like I was on the shoulders of so many and standing shoulder to shoulder with so many. And it felt like, although it was such a personal and personal and exciting moment for me, that it was more about the larger collective and the words, this is for all the women, women of color and colorful people whose stories, ideas, thoughts are not always considered worthy and valid and important. But I want you to know that I see you. We see you. 2018 continued to be a year of extraordinary change as the Time's Up movement saw women in Hollywood and beyond call out sexism and abuse. I was asked to host Jimmy Kimmel, and you have your opening monologue as a host of a late-night talk show. And so I thought, well, what to do with my opening monologue? And when I had hosted the American Music Awards, I had wanted to do a nursery rhyme about inappropriate male behavior. And it didn't work for the three minutes I had for the opening of the American Music Awards. And shortly thereafter came this hosting gig for Jimmy Kimmel. And I wanted to use it in the same way. And so we wrote an adult children's book called Hansy Man, which basically laid out in a nursery rhyme form the basics of inappropriate behavior, which for some reason some people seemed confused about. And I was able to frame it with my feelings about where we were in our culture and the importance of it and that this was not a celebrity issue, but instead a global concern and a global issue that needed to be addressed and looked at seriously and not written off. So what does one wear to host a late night talk show and speak of such things? I thought a Saint Laurent suit, <laughs> a kick-ass hard-edged suit with a soft satin pink tie. <laughs> and that suit has become one of my pieces of armor, in all honesty. It's in my closet. I purchased it. And I ended up wearing it again for my TED Talk on the wisdom of fury, which is another growth and expansion out of the courage I had gained as a member and founder of Time's Up. And this suit holds a lot of strength for me. 
and makes me feel a little bit like a superhero, um, like an Amazonian goddess superhero. Doing the TED Talk was probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Hosting Jimmy Kimmel Live, I got nervous, but the truth is I'm used to being nervous. It's a part of my career, and it doesn't stop me. I just make space for it. I've hosted the American Music Awards live. Didn't scare me. The TED Talk scared me for a particular reason, because it was the first time in my life that I was showing up with ideas of mine that had nothing to do with comedy, acting, being my mom's child, fashion, any of the spaces and places that I had gained a lot of ground and a lot of confidence. It was a part of me that I knew I held, but the world didn't know I held. And in that environment, on a stage where people really say things. I mean, they're scientists and, I mean, it's all these people who just know amazing things. I felt, was I enough? Was it, I just didn't know. I didn't know and I felt really frightened about it. But I have a tendency to walk towards things that scare me, not away from them. So they knew my talk, had seen it in rehearsal, and asked me to open the TED conference. I was the first talk of the conference, and I am the first Black woman to ever open their conference. And that suit was not my first choice. I had brought two other things to wear, and they didn't work, and that was the backup that I almost didn't pack. And it ended up being so perfect. I felt strong. I felt confident and it felt like like a frame it just felt like a frame for me to fill as the woman who has worked as a stylist herself knows there really is an art to choosing the clothing that makes a moment this valentino couture piece of art could be described by someone fearful as an oversized duvet. But to the trained eye, to the lover of fashion, it was a gift of epic proportion. It was the answer to all of my childhood fashion dreams. And it was like being clothed in (laughs) <laughs> something from from heaven, truly. It was the most glorious pink, hot pink, like magenta fuchsia pink. It was eons of fabric. And underneath the frame that it created around my shoulders was this pleated bodice that just fit me like a dream. And then it just cascaded into billowing fabric. And everything in me knew that that was the dress I wanted to wear. I mean, I truly, I saw it on the runway and I was like, I felt like you could 
change its shape. It could morph into a covering or a reveal. It, it, it was like being a butterfly. You know, you could sort of turn yourself into the cocoon or let yourself fly with your gorgeous and glorious wings. And I wore it on the red carpet for the Emmys. And I will tell you that I did not have any fear until I got on the carpet because people's response was so bizarre. Everyone was like, oh, my God, that is quite a dress. I mean, people were making the craziest sounds. It, it, It was like, do I look like a joke? Like, I couldn't figure out what people's response was. It was crazy to the point that my friend Anna, who comes with me to almost all of these events, we one of my best friends, I was like, are people laughing at me? And she was like, no. And I was like, no, but seriously, what's happening? She's like, I don't think anyone's seen a dress so beautiful. And I was like, okay, because it's a little disconcerting how people are responding to me. I was like, after the fourth one, I was like, what, what's happening? It was one of the most special moments I've ever, I mean, looking back at the pictures, I'm just like, oh my God, it was a dream. It was a dream. And that moment was just exuberant. It was truly exuberant. And I think it marked the beginning of a lot of pink and was like a coming out party for my love of pink. You know, my given birth certificate name is Tracy Joy Silverstein. And I like to say that it's my natural state. But there is a revolutionary aspect to joy, especially uh, as a Black woman. And so much in the wallpaper of our lives that has portrayed Black women has been associated with struggle. But I believe that our joy and that ability to thrive is the most revolutionary thing one can do. That's Tracy Ellis Ross, an ode to joy in the biggest pink Valentino poof gown you've ever seen. I just love her ability to claim the spotlight and then use it to make us laugh, cry, examine our own privilege. I also love the way she claims the right to dress with unapologetic joy. It's my natural state, is how she puts it. Bring it on, Tracy Ellis Ross. Head to netaporte slash podcasts slash pieces of me to see pictures of the pieces Tracy discussed today. Pieces of Me was brought to you by Porter and Chalk and Blade, presented by Sarah Bailey and produced by Laura Hyde. The executive producer was Ruth Barnes. <laughs> <laughs>